You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Welcome to another episode of In Flow with Soul. Today I have Ashanti Johnson. And forgive me, Ashanti, if I stumble over that for some reason. My- You're not the only person here. You're fine. <laughs> I found uh, Ashanti from a TED Talk that she did on visualization. And I was just thinking about as, as we were preparing for this episode today, like how did I come across that, that video? Because I don't remember, I, I didn't know you. Um, I wasn't looking for visualization. So to me, it's just one of those things where the universe puts in place put things in our experience that we should pay attention to. And so you are one of those individuals that your talk hooked me. And I, you know, of course I've listened to it multiple times since then. And the last time was even this afternoon. And I have to say, every time I listen to it, I get a little emotional. I, I feel that hug from you. Yeah, so I am really honored to have this opportunity to speak with you today and to share more of your story uh, and to just, again, send out that message about visualization and how can we get out of our own way. So my question for you, as I've been thinking about this conversation, is who taught you about visualization? I wasn't really taught. It was something that I felt uh, just, uh, I was drawn to doing a practice of just looking for those that haven't seen the TED talk. I I used to stay in a high rise. I I live in Chicago and I was in the process of really a transition that I was, I wasn't knowing what I wanted to do and I wasn't clear about it. Um, I've always worked out. I had a weight problem growing up in Los Angeles and I lost the weight as I had gotten older and I was deep into fitness. I I was deep in fitness most of my life, but I started getting deeper and um, I wanted to open a gym. I was just like on my heart and I couldn't shake it. And so I began to look down at my parking lot uh, for the high rise and imagine that it was my gym's parking lot. And there was just something There was just something in me that that every time I would look down, you know, you say things to yourself like one day this is going to be my gym's parking ladder. One day, like you look in the mirror, right? And you're like, one day my waist is going to be like, you know what I mean? And one day you look at your bank statement, (laughs) you're like, one day, (laughs) you know? So it was one of those moments and it, it just became a practice of mine that really felt good every time I did it. So I just kept doing it. And then 
as I continued on and as I had opened the gym, then I discovered that I was actually visualizing. And then I started to use it as that type of tool ever since. But I, I honestly, Mary, I had no idea what I was doing at the time. I, I didn't know it from that perspective. I sure. just and that's what I was saying about how we're always visualizing if you're daydreaming, if you're wishing yes. um, a lot. Our, I always like to say our brain is sort of uh, uh, wired to recognize lack in our life. This is the right. way that it's evolved. Right. And so that in itself, recognizing the lack and always talking about what isn't happening is a visualization. Um, and we're attracting more of that to us. So if you just put some intention on your thoughts and start to project out in a positive way, then that in itself is, is a vision. You're visualizing. Well, and I think that's a really important piece about this visualization, because as I hear you tell the story uh, again today about the parking lot, there had to be part of you that believed that a fitness studio was possible, that you were capable of creating that. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I was teaching classes at the time. Uh, I was teaching at like my local Bally's LA fitness and that sort of thing. And a couple of smaller studios around. And I was thinking about opening, opening up a boot camp in the lake on the lakefront here in Chicago, Lake Michigan. And I honestly thought that, you know, I would just, I would just do that and ride it out and see where it went. I had no idea that I would be managing a, you know, seven square foot facility at this point. Right. Um, I just thought that I would just have like a class and maybe the class would go to like a one room little storefront or something. And all of that changed right away. <laughs> um, so yes, I mean, I believe that I could do it, but not on, on this scale. No. Yeah. Well, that, that also uh, brings to mind uh, another conversation I had earlier this week with a, a woman who wanted to start a business. And like, there's so, there's so many things that I love to do. And some of the feedback was, well, what are you doing now? And what do you love doing? And mm. so I, I think that sometimes we want to look out, right? And say, okay, what what's something that I'm not doing now that I could be doing Instead of looking at what am I doing right now, your visualization was an expansion of what you were already doing. Yes, it was definitely the next step, yeah. um, the next best step, the next accessible step that I could do. I didn't have the money to just go open a gym, right, and buy all the equipment and the mirrors and people would come, right? Nice. I, I had to start with my internal sort of conversation and, and being prepared uh, in my spirit to take on um, the manifestations that were to come. I don't think that I've, I've never been the type of person that I just say, Oh, like even when it came to college, I was supposed to go to college and become a doctor. And I just say that, but my spirit wasn't necessarily in alignment with that. Clearly I have a love for the body. I'm still in fitness, but um, I've never been that type that just sort of project myself into some area that I wasn't internally prepared for. So I think the visualization in that way that I was doing, it was preparing me to be a business owner, to really see clients and being able to take responsibility for that and, and really manage that in a way that, that felt congruent with my spirit. Right. That's always been very important to me. And again, like you said, it's the next best thing that you can do. And it, it, it actually leads to the next step that you're supposed to do right? in that way. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, um, I don't have a good metaphor for it, but really as you take that next step, the next step starts to appear. Was that Indiana Jones? 
but that he had to step out onto, like he didn't see the the path there. He just had to take a leap of faith, right? I think that's, as entrepreneurs, I think that's what we have to do uh, often. Um, but the other piece that I think is really important that I've heard you mention several times is, is being in touch with your spirit. Yes, yes. But we're not in touch with our spirit and following that, that next step and trusting that it's going to be there when we're ready for it. We're looking outside of ourselves Mm-hmm. Right? What does somebody else want me to do or what would make me the most money or, you know, other, these external kinds of drivers rather yeah. than our own spiritual self. And path, you know, yes. I mean, it's like, it's like how, 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 it, it, and this is also the thing that keeps us from taking that next step, right? Not knowing what we're going to do or how we're going to get the money or just the unknown of it all. Trying to do something that you've never done before requires a lot of unknown. And again, if you don't feel the confidence that you can take it on, how are you going to do it? Well, visualization allows you to really think through all of those eventualities to really ask yourself from a spiritual place, like, is this right for me? can I take this on? How do I feel just putting myself in that space? Because visualization is not just about you know, thinking about it, like, oh, I want to do this, but really put yourself in the feeling tone of it. You know, um, you know, weight loss is always my um, example. And so imagine yourself with the flat stomach. It's more than saying, oh, I want a flat stomach next month or next year. It's like really feel that and really uh, uh, sit down and imagine how that feels for it not to be the way that it maybe is now. You know what I'm saying? It's it's bringing in that those sensory um, sensors that, that really make it real for you and ask yourself, can I do this? Sometimes that drives you and pulls you through. The vision can pull you through a really difficult season. Um, thinking about greater later, I've seen it. I've experienced it. I know what it's like. It's worth it. Right, right. Um, one of the things, again, that, that you mentioned here is that I think, again, a part of the path of entrepreneurship there's going to be things that we don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we already knew how to do it, we'd already be there, right? So one of the things that I'm hearing you say is that you've used visualization to build your own self-confidence in mm-hmm. taking that next step because you've kind of played out some of these scenarios, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. it was some mental, but I think really what I'm hearing you say most often is going back to embodying it. I ask my clients to try it on, try this persona on, feel it, you know, wiggle around in it, take it out um, into your community, take it out at night, you know, just in your mind, just go everywhere, try this on. What does this feel like? Because I think that's when our unconscious mind then says, oh, because again, our unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and our imagination. Nope. So if we keep imagining who it is that we really want to become, then I believe that uh, the universe then conspires and says, oh, okay, this is where you're going. Let me put these resources in place for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a, there's a receiving, there's an acceptance of it all that's, that's pure, you know, when you kind of seen it and when you, you put yourself in the driver's seat like that, it's just like, you know, trying on eyeglasses, you know, you, you wouldn't have someone just send you random eyeglasses. Like, oh, I need some eyeglasses. Well, here you go. Like, no, you want to go and make sure that they fit for your face, right? 
And, and so that would be the equivalent of like trying on that vision, trying on whatever it is that you want to do. That would be the equivalent of like really looking down the rabbit hole in the future and seeing yourself in this position and really seeing if that's the place that you want to be. You're not just going to take somebody else's vision and pop yourself in there and think that it's all going to work. That may, and they may not be congruent with your spirit. Yes, that's very important. It absolutely. One of the other things that I um, thought about as I was listening to your TED talk again today is that idea that we create twice. We create ideas mm. first in our minds and then we yes. bring it into reality. And, and I think visualization is just a, that practice that mm. those two pieces together for us. Yes. I meditate on a regular basis. I know that it's not everybody's thing. I know that it is difficult. Um, but I, I think that sometimes we uh, sensationalize it a little bit. Meditation is just really, I, I call it ingratiating yourself and catching up to yourself, accepting yourself fully for who you are in this moment, uh, no conditions, no judgment, no wanting it to be different, just like fully sitting in this space of now. But again, our mind is wired to recognize lack. So of course, these thoughts are going to come up. It still happens for me. I've been meditating for years, um, but that's why it's a worthy practice to really get to the place of like sit acceptance, like total acceptance. And when you can stomach your own truth, then now you have, you're somewhat prepared now to stomach someone else's truth when it comes to clients or when it comes to staff members or even children. You know what I'm saying? It's when you're sort of out of sorts with that and your parts of yourself are fragmented off and then somebody zero wins on this one area of weakness that you just like fall apart right so I, I think it's important for you to become honest with yourself and real with yourself um, so that your vision can even be pure a lot of times we want to create a vision that is puff, a puffed up sense of self that again may not be congruent with your spirit because just because it make, it has a bigger price tag associated with it, right? Or just because the world will see you a certain kind of way, but you're not really in it for the work, right? So um, again, I think I think those two things marry and what you're saying is that the, the creation is already within you. It's our, you've already created it. It's just allowing it to catch up. And that's what those moments of meditation do that allows you to catch up with what's really inside already, not really now create a new one and now create a new one and right, pop, right. Up and pop up, you know? Um, and it just takes a moment. If it's just a, just a moment where you sit and breathe, like I've been sitting right here doing my Zoom calls all day, right? So just sit and close your eyes and just take some deep breaths and just it, 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 move away from your mind and come into your body and feel your breathing and just allow yourself to be okay with just that, not taking on anything else. And if something else comes up, explore that a little bit, but then come on back to your breath and just be aware of the presence of this moment. And, um, you know, I think until you master that, the vision's not going to be authentic. Oh, yes, absolutely. Authentic. So, so aligning with our spirit. And then the other thing, too, that, that is coming up for me that I'm really hearing from you is that bit about allowing. So I think I'll, I'll speak for myself. You know, I was taught, you know, set a goal, go after the goal, do whatever you have to do. It, it very masculine energy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to make this happen. Lots of willpower in in that mindset and 
versus what I'm hearing you talk about is visualizing who is it that I want to be, embodying that, feeling that, and then allowing that to come to me. I mean, one, I feel like is, it's not really pushing it away because you really want that goal, but it's, there's, there's force. Yeah. I mean, the only things that you can really will yourself to do anyway are those things that are congruent with your spirit. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's parts of every position. I'm not going to, I am not, you know, separate from that. There are parts that I still have to do that I have to muscle through. Right. But the full on vision, having to muscle through that, I don't think that that it should have to be like that. Everything about my business was very simple at the beginning. <laughs> Everything kind of fell in alignment. It was confirmation. There was confirmation left and right to say that I am doing the right thing. I am on the right track. Now, as we grew and as you know, things changed um, and we moved to the next level, it got a little bit more difficult. But I don't think that all of it should feel that way. If all of it feels that way, either one of two things, you have not caught up with the full magnitude of your vision um, and said yes to it. Um, or it may not be, you might be creating someone else's vision, you know, and this happens. There's a lot of other people's voices in our minds about our life and who we should be and why we should be this way. Uh, it's more normal than not, right? For us to listen to ourselves and become clear about the innate voice that is all our own. That is not, that's why we have to practice. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> some days practice will go well and some days practice won't go so well, but it doesn't even matter. It's the, it's the fact of practicing. Yeah. That's what's important about that. I like um, Abraham Hicks quote. I love her to death. Um, she says, um, um, you can't get it. You can't get it wrong and you'll never get it done. Oh, you can't get it wrong. I put that up on my wall. Right? Like, isn't that the truth? Like, you you can never get it done. Like, you, all the things that we want to do, like, we can never get it done. And for that reason, you can't get it wrong. Like, just keep get, getting out there. You know, where where's the end? There is no end. It's like, and you can't get it wrong. You just keep taking stabs. And that's what life is, right? Absolutely. And it, it's I love it that you mentioned that because one of the other things that I was looking up before our call today is Simon Sinek wrote a book called The Infinite Game. It's a business book, and I think it's a business application of, of really what we're talking about. Hmm. And that is in a finite game, there's an end. There's a winner. There's a loser. We've hit our goal. We haven't hit our goal. We do, you know, and then we adjust accordingly, right? But in the finite game, as you say, there is no end. We're never done with this, but we're always moving in a, in a direction that aligns with who we are with our values, and it changes, right? I love Simon Sinek. And I love that that he talks about that and how sports have like rules and an end and a winner. Yes. And business is not like that. Business right. is perpetual and it continues on and it's constantly growing and evolving and forming and com competition. Yeah, but there is no winner. <laughs> it's like right. you just keep going. Exactly. So yes, yes. And staying in touch with that, right, is really the hardest part of it all, not just in touch with your clients, but in touch with like you to say, well, I know my, I'm weak in these parts. And so I need a staff member to do this. I'm looking for this type of person. Typically as entrepreneurs, when we're first starting off, we don't do that. We want to do it all ourselves. Right. And we're just holding ourselves back in that way. So to get to know yourself in other words is, is a worthy practice um, in, in business for sure as in life, but in, in business.
But let's talk about bringing on team members because I, I work with a lot of um, women entrepreneurs, small businesses, all trying to do it themselves, right? And there, that's a big step when we start talking about hiring your first admin or you know, what's the most appropriate role to hire for you now. How did you approach taking on your first hire? Oh, I tell you, Mary, I got a thousand stories. <laughs> so um, I, I ended up getting uh, pregnant my first year in business and I was teaching all the classes, like 30 classes a week. Um, and I ended up being a high risk pregnancy to where the doctor told me I could not not only teach a class, but I couldn't take a class. I couldn't work out at all. Otherwise she had a risk of being born prematurely. Um, so in my mind, this was God's way of like solidifying my business because I had to hire someone. It was either I just opened all these people that followed me, got these memberships and I'm teaching all the classes and things like that. And, um, now I have to tell them that I'm not teaching anymore, but we have these other instructors and I don't know if you're a group fitness person, but the teacher is everything. The instructor is everything. And um, it was not well received, you know, at first, but I ended up asking the people that had taken my classes for years and had followed me to the gym to get certified and they agreed. And I sat with them in their living rooms and worked with them to teach them everything that I know about how to move a room and how to teach these classes and things like that. Because I, I, I literally, again, it was either closing my doors or doing something um, and it worked. And it worked really well and it, it catapulted my business much further than it would have been if I was not in that situation. I was answering the phones. I was cleaning the floors. I was moving tables and doing the AV for the, it was just, it was insane. Going to Costco and buying water so I could sell it there. Like it was just nonstop and it allowed me to take a step back and start working on my business. So for anybody seeing this that is having any sort of hesitation about getting your team together, if it's one person or 10 people, do it. Do it now. Because just like the saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you got to bring people on with you. They have so many skills that you and ways that they're thinking about things and about your business that you would have never considered or you would have never thought was possible. Um, just, just natural, like more muscle, right? To carry things and set things up in my case. Um, you know, just, just more strategy and more, more, more skills in general. The things that I, I have a, a knack in, they, they, they may don't, they maybe don't, but they have a knack in a certain other area that can be extremely helpful and instrumental. So I, it's, it's a hard step, I know. And I was kind of forced into it. Um, I think if I had to do it organically and just sort of let go of the reins, I would have encountered the same trust issues that every entrepreneur does. Um, but, I, I, the rule that someone told me that, that really changed the game for me is that if somebody can do something to 80% of how you can do it, let them do it. Okay. That 20% that you're taking time away, you know, to do it, um, do it right. Right. You're right. taking away from some other area that is really your expertise and really the, the thing that nobody can do. Right. Cause if 80% is gone, you right. now freed up you know, it's only that 20% that you have to do, but the other 80% are these other things like taking a nap, <laughs> playing with your kids, right? Cleaning up, you know, the things that we always complain we don't have time for. So do it, do it, do it, do whatever you got to do, figure it out and do it. <laughs> Even if you make the mistakes, 
yeah, you know, right. and have bad hires. That's hard, but you learn from that too. Going to ask you about that. So, what are some lessons about hiring that you've learned? Some you've had some successes, maybe some not so great hires. Do you have any uh, suggestions? So, I started off with friends, like I mentioned. That was difficult. That was extremely difficult. We were a startup. Um, I started off subleasing at first, and then we took over the building, and then I started, you know, putting in more policies and um, being a lot more tighter with, you know, pushing policy things like showing up late, and um, you know, if you're teaching class, even if it is a five a.m. class, please don't come in with your rollers on, and if this is your friend. <laughs> You know, that can be a difficult conversation, right? You're my friend. You're not my boss. You know, if they're contract workers, like you're not my boss, right? Um, So it can be sticky working with friends and family. That's my first piece of advice. Um, Some people do it very well. Some some people can handle it. A lot of people can't. So just be cautious and know who your friend or family member is um, or have that conversation. Um, I would say behavioral interviewing is everything. You know, you might hire somebody because they seem to have the right skills, maybe on paper, but that's very different than their capability to execute in the moment. Um, You know, the confrontational, you have to know what each position requires, you know, for example, front desk at the gym requires someone that that is technically savvy, right? They can log in and do all these things uh, tech wise, but then, you know, they have to also have conversations when somebody doesn't pay their bill. You know, and maybe, you know, not embarrass them, right, by possibly pushing, you know, having a conversation on the side um, while people are still walking in and it's a very public environment. So they have to have those customer service skills, but then they also need to, you know, also when class is full, be able to make that announcement in a way that is gentle, but firm, you know, you can't go in like, you know what I mean? So you have to know what getting the description of the position, right, not only from a um, uh, technical ability, you know, the skills required, but the personality of this person is equally important. I would agree with that 100%. Um, in my previous career, I was a special education administrator. And so I hired uh, and supervised uh, lots of different roles. And uh-huh. I think you're, you're absolutely right in terms of there are skill sets, right? There is just basic skill sets that you have to have in order to be able to do this job successfully. But beyond that, it's who is that person and how do they show up? And um, I'm working with a client right now who is working with an admin on the admin understanding the brand, right? And being a reflection of the brand, they're out. Major. It's a major shift, right? But it's one of those things in this case that it is a worthy pursuit She's got all the skills. She's got everything that she needs. And this branding piece, she's going to get that, right? That's just experience and growth. But coming back to, you know, I think the first question that an entrepreneur asks themselves is, you know, what what of these tasks can I give away to someone else to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm also hearing you said, get very deep into what exactly am I asking this person to do? So that there's not only really clear expectations once you hire that person, but there's also, you know what you're looking for. Yes. Because if you're saying, okay, I need somebody at the front desk, someone who can smile, put in my stuff, you know, now let's go out and find them. You're going to find exactly that. 
someone who can smile and put in your stuff. And you're going to find that's not going to get your business very far. Right. That's not enough. That's not enough. And and there's nothing that feels better than clarity. Yes. Right. It's hard. And it's like, oh, I don't really like doing this. That would be the part that I'm like, oh, (laughs) that is not congruent with my spirit, but I value clarity. So I have to do it. Right. So it's, it's all of those things though. Um, Hiring is, is the lifeblood of your business. It's every business owner's bane of their existence because it's just tough. It's tough. People um, are, are living, breathing organisms with feelings and concerns and values. And to get that right, all, you're not going to get it right all the time. You're just not. Just let that go. You right. got to, you know, kiss a couple frogs, so to speak. Um, but then you'll be able to spot it out. And every time you get it wrong, you're clarifying what it is that you need. So it's, nothing's lost. Can't get it wrong. And you never get it done. <laughs> Great mantra. So the benefits of hiring, right? So we're now giving that chunk of work to someone else to do for us so that we can focus on the 20% of work that's going to get us the 80% of our results. So I, in my own experience too, when I hired my first admin, it was, oh my gosh, like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to figure this out. Somebody's going to do that for me. That's amazing. Yeah. So for you, what was that piece that you've got to, you said, oh my gosh, now that I have the right people in place. Now I can do this for my business or maybe for yourself. Was there something that you said, Oh, now I get to do this. Um, now I, for me, it's just resting, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's my industry, right? It's, 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 it's manual labor. Like, you know what I mean? Fitness instructors, we're always sweating and we're always, you know, active. And even when we're not in the gym, we might have personal clients. We got to get our own workouts in. Right. And we're constantly, moving and, 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 and in that vein. So just, just the fact that I could relax or, or the fact that I could go to this specialty gym now that I've always wanted to go to, but never had time to, because it's across the town or, you know, I could spend more time with my daughter. I could go on a vacation. What? What? Like, (laughs) you know, at the beginning, it's like, you can't do that. You know, again, I was teaching all the classes. I can't leave the city. You know, I don't have anybody else to teach. You know, people are coming for me. Like, you know, so um, those, those little small things, just, just reclaiming my time was, was a big deal. You know, I remember um, because I would teach 5am to like 8am and then I would take a break. Um, I would, then go moonlight at some other gyms and then I would have lunch and then I would come back and teach at night. So just the fact that I could sleep in in the morning because we found a 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. teacher like was a big deal, right? So so those little things um, became became worthwhile. Um, yeah, and then, then start working on the business versus working in the business as much is will again propel your business to the next level. Yeah. Networking and things like that. Exactly. Exactly. But also kind of ties back into your uh, response about being able to rest ties back into self care. Cause I think that's one of the things that uh, entrepreneurs and maybe just women in general struggle with consistently taking care of themselves. And, and a lot of the beliefs around that, that I often hear is, you know, I've got to take care of everyone else first. And then if there's anything left, then, then I'll take care of myself. Yes. Uh, so what do you do for self-care and what are your uh, beliefs around that for yourself? So I, I pride myself be- because I understand the value of help. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, 
the first thing. I will reach out for help. And that was hard to do at, at first, but and it doesn't always come in the form of like my immediate circle calling on family and friends, but it's simple things like Instacarting my groceries, right? Instead of like, oh, I have to go, like it's money well spent if I need to call in a housekeeper, you know? Um, you know, it get hiring an assistant or consulting, you know, hiring in a consultant to kind of create a, a handbook for me or something like that. I, I really do value that time that I would spend so many hours doing, um, you know, even if it's like driving to the grocery store and then picking it all out and then considering other things that I probably shouldn't be buying and then coming back home and then like, you know, cut the middle oh. and it's raining cats and dogs in Chicago or something like that in the snow. Um, that, that becomes the first thing. And I think that's a really difficult women one for women to, to catch on to because we have been, we're living in this very masculine world. Like, let's be honest, especially in business, you've got to go hard, beast mode on against all odds. Like you have to just keep onward, right? Nobody's trying to hear like, I am, I don't know what to do, right? You, you can't cry. There's no crying in baseball, right? Um, and, and so, um, asking for help and really sharing the experience, um, with someone else and, and asking of, of someone else, even if it is somebody that that's their job or a company's job can feel like cheating. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I let that go a long time ago. Like, however, I get meal prep companies, right. All of that works out for me very well, especially with a child. I'm a single mom. Um, yeah works out the, the, the village, right. Getting carpooling and that sort of thing. Um, the second thing I would say is definitely meditation. Um, I try to do that every day. It doesn't always look the same. Sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's in the afternoon. Sometimes it's at night. Sometimes it's while I'm working. I just put on some four, three, two music, AKA spa music. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. My boyfriend calls me uh, uh Psyduck from uh, Pokemon because he listens to spa music, <laughs> but like I'll work and it really does soothe me and it feeds my, my creative process. And it allows me to just like <sighs> breathe while I'm doing it. Um, I, I take breaks when I need them. So, um, you know, I have a, I have a general manager that runs the club. She does an amazing job. Um, and I, I am not shy about saying, Hey, I need to take off this week. Um, you know, I need, uh, some subs to come on in and, you know, would you be open to taking one or two of those classes? And if she can't, then I'll go find somebody else. Cause I, I value my energy. I know that my energy is what everybody is feeding off of not only my staff members, but the clients that are in my class. And if I don't show up for them, I'm not really providing a service anyway, not for my daughter, anybody. So that I keep that very cool. Speaking of asking for help, I have a coach and mm -hmm. my coach just talked to me yesterday about building in an hour. Well, we said an hour, any, any kind of minutes, but I have the ability to have a whole hour every day. It's called like rejuvenation hour and it's at noontime. And uh, what I prefer to do with that time, whatever I prefer to do, I can do, but I prefer to put on like a audio book and just sort of pick up things around my house and put things back in order. Um, it, it's really calming. Who doesn't like a clean house, but I don't make time for it any other time when my mind is all over the place and I got all these things to do. Right. So it's a way for me to kind of zone out, get fed. Cause I really do like audiobooks and learning. Um, but kind of do them both at the same time and, and it's productive. Um, but it's me time. Um, so it doesn't feel like work. So mm -hmm. those are some things I do. So how do you protect that time then? 
I give myself, I do everything ishly. <laughs> so I give myself time. If, if, if I don't do it specifically from 12 to one, I'll do it at some point um, in the day. And I, it's like a promise that I make to myself. And it's a, it's a practice, just like meditation. Sometimes it goes really well. Sometimes it doesn't, but it doesn't define my, my mood. Um, it doesn't, it, I, I, I try to do away with guilt and shame. Um, my mentor is a weight loss coach called uh, Liz Josephberg, and she does these gratitude challenges all the time. And she talks about how gratitude is the anecdote to guilt and shame. And it truly is when you get really specific about what it is that you're gracious for, not just like, oh, I'm feeling so thankful in my spirit. Like, no, I'm really grateful for the fact that my TED talk has made its way to this beautiful woman that's doing this podcast right now. And she chose me to talk more about visualization and my self-care routine. Like this really makes me feel like I'm doing impactful work and that in itself, you can't feel any more guilt and shame about it. So I try to bring that into everything. If I don't do everything that I plan for the day, I'm still grateful for the fact that I did this today, you know? Absolutely. Again, going back to it, it's never going to get done anyway. So why am I going to drive myself crazy about this? Honestly, God, I'm putting this up on my table. I'm using <laughs> this from this moment forward. The good one, right? That's my biggest challenge, right? That's that's the monkey in my mind that says, you know, whatever you're doing right now, you need to hurry up and get it done because you've got all of these other things that need to get done as well. Yeah. And, and it will always be that way. Exactly. And it's exhausting. So just having that, it's never going to get done. And that's okay. Uh, just take a piece of it today. Maybe that's a bigger piece. Maybe it's a smaller piece. It's a piece. And I think that's the other thing too, is just the, the act of showing up. I think the only way that I can fail um, is to not show up at all. If I just stayed in bed all day, I'm going to count yes. that as a failure. Yes. Um, but if I showed up, and even if all I did is just look at what I needed to do for mm -hmm. the day, Mm -hmm. Maybe that's as much as I could get done, right? And then I'll plan the next day or the next moment or whatever. But I think that showing up is the minimum that I will accept for myself. And but that is acceptable completely. It's exceptional. This is what it is. I mean, if you really think about it, there's this external world that we're playing the game in, right? The game. But there's an internal world that's happening all the time all the time. And every day that we show up, we're getting stronger. We're becoming even more fearless. We're having more courage. We're sticking our neck out there. We're, we're practicing our perseverance because we really do want to stay in the bed, right? And so every time you show up, you are gaining momentum. You're gaining experience. You're, you're gaining that, you're getting that inner workout, right? That need, that you need to build that muscle for that moment, whatever moment that that might be. But that's, it's just as important to, to, to work on that inner world as it is the outer world, whether they can see it or not. I have grown <laughs> tremendously. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's important. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it, to your point of whether other people see it or not, they don't know what's going on inside of us. We don't know what's going on inside of them, but we see the results. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and I think, what makes that interesting is when I see someone's making those changes, I don't know what changes those are. I'm not really curious about that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, no. I know, before you were here and now you seem to be over here. What's going on? Mm -hmm. It was a shift. It was and a shift. 
And sometimes um, I think that we, that we benefit from someone asking us that question because I know for myself too, right? Just put my head down, do my work, just do it day after day after day. And if, if I'm not taking the time to step back and say, where was I a month ago? Where was I three months ago? Where was I six months ago? What I'm doing now can just feel like I'm just on a treadmill. Yes. But if I look back, I can say, oh my God. Holy Moses, like this yeah. podcast, this was an idea in October. Oh, wow. And now it's, it's reality and it's a visualization, right? I guess this is a great way to bring this all back to visualization and having the courage to create those visions for ourselves, try them on, yes. how are they fitting, make the adjustments, right? We're the tailor. We get to wow. tailor this to fit ourselves to not just fit ourselves and feel good, but to look good. Like, yes. uh, absolutely. Mm, I'm going to own this. <laughs> own it. You have to own it. It's yours. It's yours. It's your vision. And you can do whatever and take it wherever you want to go, but just have patience for yourself to sit and let it catch up to you and for it to let it permeate and let yourself sit down with it and try it on for size. Try on those glasses, right? You wouldn't take just some random glasses that they gave you. No, I want to try them on, see how they feel. Do they match with my outfits, right? Like, does it fit in with my life? Can I, can I see myself doing this and have fun with it? You know, and, and exactly what you're saying, even if you're, even if you've started it, even if you've gone for your vision and maybe it's not getting off the ground as fast as you like or anything like that. To your point, Mary, looking back, you know, a year ago, months ago, when it was just a thought, you, you wished for this. Like you, you, you saw this and look at you now. Like that's enough sometimes for me, at least when things aren't going right. Like I think back. We've been in business for 10 years now. Like I think back to, to year two, year one, and I'm like, girl, like you, you wished for this. And so this is what comes with it. You know what I'm saying? So the vision, the vision can go back to the past and back, take it to the future and catch up with it in the now. But it's, it's a worthy, it's a worthy technique to having your toolkit for sure, to get you through those uncertain moments. Exactly. Ashanti, I have enjoyed this as even more than I expected to. It's Yay. been an absolute pleasure. Before we close, I would like you to let the audience know where they can find you, um, either your business and or your social media. Yes. So my business, you can find me um, at ashantij.com. Okay. Or you can find me on social media underscore Ashanti Johnson on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. I don't really use it that much though. So okay. yes, AshantiJ.com. Good. And tell us again what you offer at your, your gym. Yeah. So we offer group fitness classes, not only, um, uh, in person, but we also do virtual. We do, uh, weight loss challenges. Um, I also do personal training and pretty much any sort of fitness needs. I do coaching, uh, executive business coaching as well as fitness training. So Oh my goodness, you are a busy woman. <laughs> so thank you for sharing this hour with us today. I, I really am very grateful. Absolutely. The pleasure was all mine, Mary. You're doing amazing work and I'm just happy to be part of it. All right. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. 
If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.